Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for Let's Talk Recovery. My name's Aaron, this is Caleb. We're just grateful to have you guys back with us here today. As we get started, a couple things we just wanna remind you of. Be sure to check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Give us like all the likes, all the shares. Uh, continue to help us to grow this platform. Um, and then if uh, wherever you're listening to this, hopefully it's on your favorite podcast channel. If we're not found on yours, reach out to us. We'd love to get it there. But be sure to review that. It helps us to beat the algorithms just to get the show out there and share it. It's a great format, great way to share it and then as always I want to just take a moment just to plug Caleb's book Pursuing Freedom be sure to pick up your copy of that on Amazon. It's $10. You can go back to the first 19 episodes, I believe, where we kind of just lay out the premise for the book, why we've done that. Um, you can follow along um, with those in the book. It's just a great way to overcome the struggles in your life. Uh, we are just uh, we're excited about today. It's episode 23. Um, it's uh, the first time we've done this format, but I'm going to let Caleb um, kind of introduce our guest today. All right. So, yes, if you're watching us on YouTube, if you're the three people that are, you already know we have somebody with us, but uh, we have a guest. We're going to do an interview. I don't know how that's going to work out. It probably, probably not well, but that's okay. <clears throat> anyway, I just wanted, I just wanted to lower expectations before yeah. we get in there. So then if we, I think these guys have already done if that. we exceed them, <laughs> that's just all the better for the us. The other 22 episodes, I think have lower than Yeah, the they don't expect much out of us now. Right. So if, uh, if you are, a member of our church, and you just heard that voice, you realize this is our pastor, Rick Burke. He is a uh, pastor of Cedar Point Church. He's been here forever because he started the church, right? Yes. So, all right. I mean, I think that's about all your accolades, right? That well, I that to... and the fact that I feel the weight of trying to rescue this thing. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so. Good luck. We're, yeah, we're trying. <laughs> <laughs> we thought we would get more viewers and listeners by including Rick's five friends because now <laughs> you can. So anywho, so we're going to talk to, uh, we're going to, we had Rick on because we're going to talk about the role of a recovery ministry in the church and kind of talk about how it's impacted our church, um, not only how it initially started, but then as we've made that transition from uh, what we used to do, which was a Celebrate Recovery, which is a good time for me to say, because I saw it again this last week, we are not a Celebrate Recovery. I don't know how many more times we can say that, but. I keep seeing people comment on yeah. that. Well, I think we're just going to start calling them out by name. So. I know. I, I, it's really hard for me not to. But <laughs> we, we haven't I been... I said I was sorry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why we brought you on here. That's, That's really right. what this is. This is sort of an intervention. That's why you're in the middle. Um, but yeah, we're not a celebrate recovery. Haven't been one for a good couple of years now. So anyway, just just letting you know that. So we're going to talk about again the role of recovery in the church, kind of um, what what it brings to a church and why the church should be pursuing that in the first place. I mean, why why don't we just hand that off to the the AA people and the NA people and that kind of thing? So I'm going to kick it off to you. So let's talk about first um, what is kind of the church initially started recovery. It was a celebrate recovery. So. Why, why did the church get into that space? Well, I think there are several reasons. One is is because um, there, it has a point of emphasis on ministry. It specifically targets, um, you know, initially it hurts habits and hang-ups, those type of things, and broken places in us. And, you know, the truth of the matter is is that I, I, I really, uh, and this is not going to surprise anybody, I really love our church. I love who we are and what we do. But still there's such, anytime you do a service on Sunday morning, no matter how contemporary you are, that it still has a traditional feel when you say, hey, come go to church with me on Sunday. And sometimes one of the things in our broken places, if, if we haven't been around church, is that we may feel disconnected or disqualified. And, and you know, that, and that's, we all know that's not true, but you said mm -hmm. that feeling. Now, I think there's something about recovery that you kind of show up and it's one of those things where it's like, all of us in here 
are acknowledging that there are areas we need to work on. Now, the three of us know that that never changes for any believer, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But just that acknowledgement of that recognition of I, everybody, I'm going to be just like everybody else there. If I show up and I have stuff that I need to work on and I'm acknowledging it, everybody else in that room, I mean, it's, you know, it's called recovery. And so, um, you know, just an acknowledgement of that. And, and I think also it kind of introduces them to the culture of the church and just gives this familiarity and kind of this awareness of, you know what, that this is a safe place for me to be, that, um, you know what, they have recovery ministry on Monday night, but the truth of the matter is, everybody shows up here on Sunday is broken too in different places. And so right. um, it just really, I thought it gave us access into people's lives. It really brings about healing in people's hearts. It's, it's a real acknowledgement of who Jesus is. And so from the day that we started Cedar Point, it was one of those things that I always wanted us to have a recovery ministry of some sort. Yeah. So it's not a, a different kind of ministry, right? Um, right? What I hear you saying, it's an extension of what we do. It's the same thing, um, but it's just a different type of targeting where okay. we're, being, we're being intentional about reaching a certain people group with the same exact message that we would have on a Sunday. Right. I, I view it this way. Like on Wednesday nights, we do our student ministry. Yeah. And um, and, and again, it's connected. It is a ministry of this church. It's, it's uh, the vision of this church is its vision, but it's targeting this uh, this a certain age group of people or cer you know certain season of life. But they can show up just on a Sunday, get yeah, the same message, right? Absolutely, they come. They be welcome on Sunday and that type of thing. And again, that's we view that as kind of an entry point, you know, into the church as well as well as specifically targeting you know uh, issues and needs in their life at that moment in that season. But on Sunday, we hope to speak to those areas as well. Yeah. Um, so I like that. I mean, because, you know, as we were growing the church, um, you know, if we look back at church history, Jesus was intentional, right? Absolutely. And so uh, I think one of the places that the church can, can very easily miss is, well, we have this, and, and this is just for everybody. And there's truth in that. Um, but there's, there's also something to be said about going to where... Uh, you said this, I think this past Sunday, you know, I want to fish where the fishing's good. And so being intentional about the places we reach into, the places we go to reach the people that, that God has called us to reach. Yeah. I, I love, you know, one of my favorite passages, I know you guys are familiar with it. As a matter of fact, I'd have you quote it, but I would didn't want to embarrass you by you not being able to quote it. But uh, Mark chapter 2, whenever Jesus, uh, you know, he saw Matthew uh, as a tax collector. And he said, Matthew, I want to come eat with you tonight. So he went over to Matthew's house. He brought his disciples with him. And I think it's verse 15 or 16 that says that, that there are a lot of uh, tax collectors and uh, disreputable sinners that were there. And it says this, there were many of this kind among Jesus' followers. And so, you know, he, he had his, you know, that's, he reached into that world. There was just, you know, I mean, when we're aware that we're broken and we're willing to acknowledge our brokenness, uh, the, when somebody, the recognition of our need for Jesus is not blind to us, right? I mean, it's mm -hmm. it's on the other side, whenever we feel like that we're not broken, that that's where we run into an issue because, you know, what, what do we need a Savior for at that point? Right. Yeah. That's what attracted me to the recovery ministry was I was just serving, you know, as a guitar player and then showing up and being like, like you're talking about everybody here in some ways acknowledging that they're, they're broken. There's yeah. something wrong. They have a need for for what we got going on here. Whereas you know, on a Sunday, you know, I grew up and I grew up in the church. You know, I grew up in a very conservative Southern Baptist church, and so I grew up in the. <laughs> yeah, I'm still recovering. Um, I grew up in the in the. By world, the way, I, I love the Baptist. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> where you know everybody was okay as soon as you came into church, right? And you never, you know, except maybe Sister Edna who would tell you about her bunion on her toe or something, you know, but everybody else was like, no, everything's fine. Everything's fine. I'm fine. You're fine. We're all fine. Everything's fine. We're all happy, happy Christians, yeah. you know, and it's like, I don't think they're telling us the truth, right. you know, and so to come, come here and, and like I said, just, um, 
in our, in, you know, in our church, we're, we're I'll say, we're definitely way more authentic in that that regard on a Sunday. But still, even on Sunday, you know, it's just that that perception of I have to have it all together to go to church. Yeah. And then on a Monday, it's the, the opposite. It's like I'm here because I don't have it together, you know. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is what this is what we're really called to be doing. And yeah. this is what this is what a church this is what church should look like because we're just honest about things and we understand our brokenness. And that's where, you know, the Christian church, the big C church, I think in in America especially kind of fall short in that we, well, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, as long as I'm put on the face of a good person, that means I'm a, I'm a good Christian. And it's like, no, it doesn't, that's all of us are falling short and we all need the grace of God and we all need to be redeemed. And no, none of us are any better than the others. And we have to, we really need to come to a place of understanding that because yeah. out of that, then we can actually start, you know, looking like what God wanted us to be. So, you know, you saying that I remember our very first night ever of doing some kind of recovery service here. I would, I was in the room that night, and I still remember it like it was yesterday, man, in my heart. Which it just kind of welled up with emotion. I had tears in my eyes because I thought, in this room full of people, if, if on my worst day, on my worst day, you know, if everything that I've ever done had been exposed, on my worst day, they would love me. And mm -hmm. so there was just a, a thing about that. It just felt just like a whole, a place that was whole. And with, a, you know, with all this admitted brokenness, all this acknowledgement, it still felt incredibly healthy, you know? Mm -hmm. So I sh I'll never forget that. Yeah, it, I do like that. I mean, it's just, uh, we have a culture of vulnerability here at our church as a whole. Um, and recovery is a place where that's on full display. And I think it's one of the important reasons to have that ministry uh, because we are allowing those people, again, our mission isn't any different, that the people we're reaching, it's not any different, um, but it is just a different avenue. And when you have that on full display, I know me, I wasn't raised in church. And so I had all this baggage I was coming with. Um, thankfully, I found a, a church that, that was vulnerable um, enough that, that allowed me to have entrance. But um, the truth of the matter is, I, I met several churches along the way that that wasn't, I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel like they would accept me on my worst day. And I was in such a bad place, I didn't feel like they accept me on my best day. Um, but but recovery is just that culture where we can continue to to cast that net. And it, it, it is uh, come as you are on steroids. I mean, just wherever you're at, however you're broken, and we can come together, be open about it, not because we're accepting of the brokenness, but because we want to heal together, grow together, pursue Jesus together in a unique and creative and um, just an exceptional way, a way that would, would grow us as family. So um, I love the ministry. I love the, the heart um, that, that Pastor Rick has for this type of ministry. Like I said, it was that heart on display on Sunday that, that drew me into the church and, and I believe has drawn drawn so many people just to our churches as a Sunday service, um, but recovery here is an extension of that heart, and I believe it's an extension of, of Jesus's heart for the church. I love that passage in Mark, I really do. I talk about it a lot um, because you look at this, you know, Jesus had these disreputable sinners at the table, um, these tax collectors, these broken people, people who were aware that they didn't fit societal norms, that they were shunned, um, and the truth of the matter is as Jesus came, um, we need to recognize that we're all at that table. I mean, there's yeah. not one of us that should be on the outside looking in. Um, I don't want to be the Pharisee. Um, Jesus didn't come for the Pharisee. Those are people who, they're not any less broken. They still recognize their brokenness, and we need to have that mindset as we come to Christ. Yeah, you know, you think about one of the things that we say around here, and we say it a lot, and I know it can it can become a cliche, and I don't want it to lose that impact, but, but you know, that Jesus didn't come because humanity needed another religion. He came so that we could have a relationship with him and a relationship with the Father. 
And so, uh, you know, that, that event, that moment in Mark 2 is just so telling because, you know, it talks about who was there, but then it also talks about who wasn't there, who was on the outside, and it was the religious system, the yeah. Pharisees. And they were yelling, you know, hey, at the disciples, why does your master, you know, eat with such, uh, one translation says, such scum. And, um, and Jesus overheard him and he yelled out and he said, you know, it's not, the, it's not the whole that needs a physician, but it's the sick, you know. And so, um, and I, I think I love what you said that, you know, that, of who, who is at the table. And the truth of the matter is when we're aware of our own brokenness of, I know who I am without Jesus. Yeah. I know who I am. I know who I can, because there have been seasons in my life where I haven't walked as close with him as I should. And the selfishness I can have, you know, the indifference, uh, the things I can do, you know, I mean, they're not anything to be proud of. And so, so it's just, I'm constantly reminded of my need for him. And the longer I walk with him, it becomes more evident. Absolutely. Um, so I love that. Um, it's such a beautiful picture of the church. It's such a, I think a great picture of, of what we're doing here and why you started that. Um, and so that brings us kind of to our next question. Um, can people really recover? I mean, you know, we, as a society, you know, the things that we do, um, there's, there's real life consequences. There's um, a weight that comes with that. And so as we begin um, talking about our faith, talking about recovery, um, can people really overcome their past? Can they truly be forgiven? Yeah, I, I, I believe they can. You know, I'll, uh, I'll get a little theological for just a minute. But, you know, the truth of the matter is, is that we are, um, you know, we're, we're spiritual. And so we're a spirit being. And so... Um, when we give our lives to Jesus, we become new on the inside of us. But we still have a mind which, you know, has thoughts that it's always had. We, we still have flesh that has desires that it's always had and, and that type of thing. And so, um, you know, when we, get, when we give our lives to Jesus, we're, our spirit is immediately changed. But there's this growth that takes place in us. And, you know, in Mark chapter 4, Jesus, he compares it to a seed. And so, you know, when you think about a seed, it's not, you know, it's not instantaneous. It's, I wish it was like an atom bomb, you know. Um, I wish that it was one of those things that um, that it would just insane that, but that's not what happens. It, it takes place um, over, I mean, just over time. And so, so I got to be real honest with you. You guys are trying to tell me something right now. And I have no, no nope. idea what you're trying to tell he me. He was so. trying to tell me something. I was trying to tell him. Okay. Like, I'm getting old. It's all right. So, I, I'm like, I don't no, know. If I, I don't understand what you're saying, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> if you're one of the couple people listening or watching the, the video, apparently Caleb can't see. I can't see. So, I couldn't see the questions. I was like, man, yeah. I hope Aaron asks the next question because I can't read it. My, my tablet's the size of a flat screen TV and it's over there two feet away. Like, yeah, I thought for a minute they were like, okay, I don't know who brought this guy on. Let's no, I was this. trying to Let's get him to, rid of him real quick. I was trying yeah. to get him to zoom in, you know, while you were talking, and then that was the most awkward uh, yeah, I'm, I'm like, situation I mean, I'm, I'm we've ever like, had on our I podcast. It's great. Something yeah. Wrong, yeah. You know? so, yeah. so I sent him a text, and this is the one text that Aaron doesn't pay attention to. <laughs> I didn't see it come through. Yeah. Well, he saw it was from you, and so he gave <laughs> yeah. him his due diligence. Yeah, he just turned uh, his phone actually, over. Actually, I was trying to signal to him. Text me. Text me. I did. I had already done it. I had done it on the sly. So can I finish what I was saying? I mean, Yes, you know, I'm trying to bring a level of professionalism <laughs> yeah. to this thing, and it's really difficult with you two guys. So, um, <laughs> so, but yeah, you know, so I mean, we think about recovery. It is one of those things. We give our lives to Jesus. We surrender to Him. We, you know, we get born again. And we become a new creature. And yet, you know, our mind needs to be renewed. That takes time. You know, we're, we, you know, and, and uh, recovery, the thing that we do here, it just lends itself to so many healthy things. You know, confess your faults to one another that you may be healed. You know, there's a healing. And, you know, the saying that we're only as sick as our secrets is so true. And there's just something about being in a safe place where we can talk about those things that brings about healing. And that, you know, that if we do fall, that, that we're journeying together. There are people there to pick you back up and 
to create accountability, but also to bring about encouragement. And so, so these things, you know, as we grow to it, and again, I'll go back to what Jesus said that, that, you know, the kingdom works like a seed, you know, and one time he compared it to a mustard seed. And he said, when it's sown, that it's the least of all seeds. And so, you know, when we first start, I mean, you begin to sow this seed of, you can be free, you know, that God's got a better plan for you. You don't have to be in bondage. And yet the loudest voice in your head at that time may be, you know, uh, captive, um, you know, just, uh, you know, just tangled up. I mean, you know, just in bondage to this thing, maybe the loudest voice, but as you continue to plant God's word, you continue to show up to recovery meetings and experience these healthy things and life begins to change. At some point, that voice begins to be quieter and quieter and eventually it's drowned out to the loud yell of freedom into your mind that's taken place over time. So not only have you experienced forgiveness, but you've experienced change. And man, that's so powerful. Yeah, I know um, when we talk about uh, forgiveness, it's one of those things that it's a hard sell in the beginning um, for those who have a lot of baggage. And uh, I came into the church with tons of it. You know, I'm a, I was an addict for almost 20 years. Um, there's things that I've done that is society standards that are a lot more unhealthy and a lot more unsavory than what your typical person might do. And so with that, you know, we, we put it all on ourselves and we walk in. And I know as I um, started coming to churches, you know, there was times that I faced the hypocritical church. And I don't think that's a a picture of the church and I don't think it's most churches but unfortunately that was my experience early on where it was kind of like oh, you need to fix yourself before you come and so I'm hearing this message of forgiveness and then I'm also simultaneously hearing this message of uh, well you're just not ready yet um, and so I had a hard time reconciling that but as we as I came to a place where not only did I hear the message of forgiveness um, that, that I believe was Jesus's message, that it should be the church's message and anthem out loud, but I began to experience it, that from the moment I walked in the doors, um, I hadn't moved away from all these things, but they began to operate in a way that we're not gonna hold that against you. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of that happened here. Um, and so I'm fortunate, not only um, did I, I truly come into faith um, at this church, but I've continued to be able to grow here and, and God's planted me here. Um, um, but this is has been what it's about and again it was such a hard sell such a hard thing to move off of it because this human nature says that's who you are that's who you'll always be and then we meet people in society as we begin to change that say I remember I remember you I remember what you did so we get all these messages and it can drown out um, what God's Word says and what the church should be about um, but as we allow that seed like uh, Pastor Rick said just to kind of be planted it does begin to grow over time and it, and it does it's gonna take time uh, it's hard for us God may forget you know, our sins and um, transgressions as far as the East is from the West. Unfortunately, I have a good memory. I know what I did. And so there's that guilt and that shame. People know what I did. Um, they don't let go of it, but that doesn't water down or discredit the message of the gospel that people can be forgiven and they can move on. Yeah, you know? and, the, and the power of grace is, is that, you know, one of the things that happens, especially, you know, if, the, if our broken place involves other people that, you know, at some point you know, we receive forgiveness and, but we, we're not engaged in a community that's of recovery then, you know, when we fall, we don't have to respond to it. I don't have to respond to this, you know, man, I, I messed up and I, you know, I was doing so good and I fall, and I don't have to respond. And so then we fall back into that as opposed to if we're in a healthy community like this, they pull us back up immediately. Yeah. But when we're not, then we, you know, we fall and then we, we're like, oh, okay, I guess. This. And eventually, you know, we have people in our lives that they may give up on us and, and we can survive that. But then if we keep doing it without being in the community, we end up giving up on ourselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that's the power of something like this is that, is that not that you'll never fall, but when you fall, there's this community that says, oh no, we're here to support you and lift you back up. 
so that you, you get back up immediately and, and continue walking. Yeah, so let's talk about that from a, a church standpoint. Like, um, so let's, uh, you know, sometimes we get in the church, and like I said, I want you to answer this from the perspective of you're talking to other Christians, and maybe especially Christians who don't come from a, a addiction background. Sure. And that, you know, we, we, sometimes churches, we get into where, um, you know, oh, yeah, we have a recovery program, but, you know, we, those people use the back door and we don't let them in the, because, you know, they, they, uh, you know, they got too many tattoos and, um, you know, they, they're, they're, they're different than us. And, you know, sometimes Christians are like, well, you know, I, I'm not that bad. I haven't done all these things. And so I'm, I'm a, I'm a good Christian and blah, 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 blah. And so from a theological standpoint, or like I said, as a pastor to, to Christians that kind of have that ideas or churches that feel like people in, in addiction are a separate class what would you say about that and how yeah. Jesus yeah. actually how, forgives us? Yeah. How much do they have to tithe for forgiveness? That's right. How many extra? extra? I'm still working on that yeah. one. Yeah. I mean, yeah. come to conclusion. No, I mean, yeah, there's not. I mean, Jesus, it, it really is, you know, it's a, it is a price that Jesus has paid. You know, and, and the flip side of it is what we know, and that is, is that it, that's good because we can't pay it. Yeah. You know, it becomes an indefinite thing if we endeavor to pay it ourselves. And, and you know, the challenge is sometimes whenever people separate in their mind when they begin to categorize sins. You know, typically lost people don't aren't the ones that categorize them. Typically it's Christians. Mm -hmm. right? You know, I mean and and I think, you know, and and we lose sight of the fact that when Romans three twenty three says that all have sinned, that that word all, it's you know, the in the Greek it means it means all. Yeah. I mean, it's What's like, the Greek root for all? Yeah, all. It, yeah it's like there's, there's not anybody that's left out. You know, all, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And then Romans six twenty three says that the wages of sin is death and we could you know we could really insert for the wages of all sin is death not just not just these sins I, you know i did a series one time something like you know that, that sins that christians do you know in other words they're, they're kind of like okay right and it, but you think about it I, it's interesting when you look at jesus and you know leading up to his trial and the things that the pharisees were doing and get ready to you know pull him in and arrest him and that kind of thing that there's a verse that says that it was because of envy that they delivered that they delivered him over. Mm -hmm. You know, I think about all the tools in the toolbox. You know, it wasn't addiction that caused those guys to turn Jesus over. You know, it wasn't it wasn't uh, any area of substance brokenness or anything. It's that sin envy, which some people, for whatever reason, categorize it as well. It's okay, and it was yet when the devil wanted to pull off the thing that he was laying everything on, that he didn't pull addiction out of his toolbox. He didn't pull profanity out of his toolbox or or you know. Um, uh, depression or anything like that, he pulled out envy, yeah. you know, and I think one of the things about it is probably even back then like we do now that, that we excuse it and yet, you know, sin is sin and I mean, and you know, I know that one of the things you guys talk about and uh, it's so true is that, is that recovery is not, I mean, it's, it's not just for addicts. I mm -hmm. mean, you know, people with addictions, yes, you know, they can get healed here and that type of thing but you want people that struggle with envy, they can get healed here. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? Yeah, well, you know, it's funny you're talking about that, about how it's uh, Christians that usually the ones that, you know, struggle to, to identify their brokenness and it's the addicts that, that don't. And, uh, you know, well, I'm, right now I'm leading one of our in-depth study groups and, you know, that's a, a theme kind of that with the guys is that, um, you know, they're all acutely aware of the fact that, like, I've, you know, done so many wrong things that I just don't know that I can be forgiven, you know, they're so broken and they're so aware of that, that they're like, oh, I, you know, man, I don't know if Jesus can forgive me. And it's like, what? yes, he can forgive you as much as that person that's sitting in there on Sunday who doesn't realize they need it too, yeah. you know, but that is, that's what you're talking about is that, you know, as Christians, especially like 
Christians who've grown up in the church, we think there's like two levels or a two-tiered system of sin. Yeah. You know, well, you know, I, all I've done is lied and, you know, got jealous and, you know, maybe thought less of thoughts or gossiped or, yeah. you know, you know, judged others yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who've done worse things than me. You know, like, I'm pretty good. And it's like, no, that's, you don't understand what total separation from God is and yeah. that all of those things, God is all love, but he's also all justice and, and righteousness. And any of those things, any of those things, lying, gossiping, any of the things that he's listed, envy, those all have created separation between you and God. They all fall short. Yeah, it's it's not, you're not higher on the list. You're not up the ladder a few rungs than, than the guy who's doing math every other day. That doesn't make you any better or, or more justified to God. Only his salvation does that. And, and um, the church needs to, the big C church needs to, to grasp that better, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think so, yeah. I mean, because it's one of those things, um, I can't remember where I heard the statement, so I'm going to pull Rick. I'm going to take credit for it. Um, and it's this. Probably that, heard it from Rick. I might have. <laughs> um, all, all sins can be forgiven or none can. And so that's right. the place we have to arrive at. That um, it's not a, we can't put ourselves in categories. There's not different levels. You know, if you're looking at, can I be forgiven versus them? They're, they're so much better than me. No, it's, it's, it's all or none. Either Jesus came, paid the price for all, and everybody has the <clears> opportunity to walk in love, grace, mercy, forgiveness, and, and to be covered by just the blood of the cross or, or none. And, um, and, and God's word's pretty clear. It's it's available for all of us. We're all in that same category. I do love that Rick pointed out, Romans 3.23, that it just tells us we're all on this ball field together. <laughs> Man, <laughs> we're all running the same race. We're, we're all in the same boat, the same situation. We've got to stop separating ourselves, and, and that's for, from both places. Um, you know, as Caleb said, he grew up in the church where he witnessed this type of judgmental attitude against people coming in. I grew up outside of the church where I witnessed this type of judgmental attitude. Um, but, but more so, I placed it on myself where um, I kept myself on the outskirts because like, oh, that's not for me. I'm, I'm too far gone. I'm too lost. I'm too broken. And so both groups need to realize the, the addicts, the people that struggle with so much depravity that they've put themselves in this box need to realize Jesus came for all. That that's you too. And then the people in the church need to realize Jesus came for all. It's that person on the outside. And and recovery ends up being that place when it's done right. It is a picture of the church where we're we're coming together um, the way that God uh, has called us to. Again, it's that picture of Mark two. We're all recognizing that we're. We're sinners, we're prostitutes, we're disreputable, we're tax collectors, all that, and we've come together um, to fellowship in Jesus's presence because we all need that, and, and without it, we're, we're lost. And so, can can somebody be forgiven? Yes, we all can. We all have that opportunity if we're willing to accept what, what Jesus has done for us. That's so good, you know, I mean, I've heard this saying in church, you know, that the ground is level at the foot of the cross. You know, that it just, it is, you know, we. We all arrive there the same way. We all arrive there broken. And yeah. you know, and the thing that keeps us away from it is if we don't recognize that. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. that if our brokenness is accepted, you know, whether culture says it's okay or not, you know, again, it's that the wages of all sin, all sin is death. Yeah. You know, and the solution for it's the same thing. The solution for all sin is you know Jesus' death on the cross and resurrection from the dead. So yeah, I love that. Um, so our kind of we're progressing forward. You know. Um, we've talked about, again, why we started this, why you started that. I mean, it was before us. Um, yeah. um, and forgiveness, you know, but but really uh, 
one of the big things that we wanted to talk to you about, um, probably the biggest thing for me personally, is what is the role of recovery in church? Um, and again, this is one of those things, I see a lot of other churches operate differently. Um, one of the things that's drawn me here, and I believe it's drawn Caleb here, is, is the fact that, that you view recovery ministry in the church differently, unfortunately differently than a lot of other um, Christians and, and I'd say a lot of other churches. There's a bigger investment here, there's a bigger emphasis here. Um, so much so, you know, my title is recovery pastor, and I may be the only one in green country, <laughs> part of Oklahoma, <laughs> that, that's a staff position. Yeah. Um, and so, um, in, in your opinion, what is the role of recovery in the church? Well, I really appreciate that. And again, I, I do think it's one of those things that um, it, it, it helps kind of set a tone for who we are, as, not just for this ministry, but as a church as a whole, yeah. you know, and, um, and, and uh, you know, and I'll say this: that one of the one of the things that enables me to even be more all in are are, are you and Janelle and um, and you know and Caleb and, and you. you know, I mean, yeah. it, whatever this guy is, yeah, well, no, yeah, that, that guy over there, and what's your name? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Man, I'm, I'm just telling you. So you you and Jill, okay? So you guys. I mean, He's you like know, seriously, Jill. I'm trying to have a I'm trying to have a moment here, and then this guy oh. can can we mute his mic or yeah, something? Yeah. But seriously, anyway, you, the four of you guys, you know, your your commitment to this, your passion for it, man, it's compelling. You know, it draws me. And I mean, this has always been a ministry that I've I've wanted us to have. It's something that I you know I really I thought that it really does paint a picture of who we are as a church. And and um, you know, if you're if you're coming to a place where you're looking for perfection, this isn't going to be your place. You know, if you're looking for a place that just certain broken elements aren't welcome. This isn't going to be your place. I mean, and I'm not talking about recovery mission. I'm talking about Cedar Point Church. Yeah. You know, that that if you're coming to a place where sin is categorized, that type of thing, this isn't going to be your place. I mean, you know, there's just going to be an acknowledgement uh, because I realize this, that that awareness that all of us have our stuff, you know, and, you know, I heard somebody say this, that, you know, that, that the package that our brokenness comes in, you know, some of them come in prettier wrapper, but the inside is still the same. You know, I mean, it's just... Um, you know, it's just it's it's this ugly brokenness, and so so I I think you know for me just this is a, a great picture of just who we are as a church, and and a lot of things that take place here, and I, and I I think our you know that the culture of the church as a whole is it's you know it's the same thing. One thing I love about you guys is that you understand. One thing that happens sometimes, and I know this scares pastors off, is it's almost like you have two churches. You know, yeah. you have your you have your Sunday morning <clears throat> congregation, and you have your recovery. Uh, ministry and they're two congregations and and you know and, and for some people that feels really comfortable in, in both groups you know and the recovery ministry sometimes you know kind of be an our thing and we you know we're not part of the Sunday thing can feel really comfortable in some places and then the Sunday morning crew can feel real comfortable but not here you know not here that that you know that this is our our church this is a ministry of our church and we promote it on Sunday mornings hoping that people out there with any area of brokenness, that there's this recognition we're trying to get victory over it and free from it, that they're like, you know what, I need to be there. I need to be there in that place. And so I want to constantly uh, just, uh, you know, mention those things. And and again, um, you, know, you and Janelle and uh, Caleb and Jill, did I, say, did I get that fast yeah, enough that time? Yeah. Okay, so I'm not mocked or anything like that. I'm glad but, you remember my name. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> Anyway, so I'm going to need a chip on Monday night just because you know my violent tendencies. But yeah. anyway, um, you know, just you know, I, I think that that helps us stay in a healthy place. You know, I come in here on Monday night, 
I don't feel like this is somebody else's church. I don't feel like it's, you know, I mean, I, I come here, you know, sometimes I'll show up on Monday night because it's good for me, yeah. you know? It's good for me to sit and hear the message. It's good for me to sit and engage. It's good for me to just join in the community and, and that type of thing. And so um, I, I think for us as a church, again, it's just a, a picture of, of where we're headed. It's a place that focuses, I mean, intentionally, it, it engages intentionally with getting healthy in certain areas. Yeah, one of the statements I make to that specifically is, you know, again, going <coughs> going back to Mark, I mean, we get this picture that the church is meant to be a hospital. And I, I tell people that, you know, if the church is a hospital, then recovery ministry is the ICU. The ICU is not a different hospital. You know, yeah. it's not, not mm -hmm. a different place for treatment. It's, it's intensive care. It's that place where um, we realize I need something more, um, more of the same. <laughs> yeah. Same, same ministry, same care. I'm getting the same, same doctors, but I need something that's, that's, that is more focused, that's um, helping, helping me to grow past these specific areas. Um, and so we do that here, I know, with the same heart, the same vision, the same message, um, a lot of the same people, you know, we've been blessed that we have such a, a crossover, so it's not different, you know, it's, it's, it's one and the same, but we're just taking that next step and saying, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig a little deeper in this area, I'm going to be a little more focused in this area, I'm going to be a little more vulnerable in this area, and really just expose this um, so, so God can begin to deal with it. Well, one yeah. of the things you guys do, too, really well is that I've heard it said from the platform, that, hey, if you're like if you like Monday night and you haven't tried out Sunday morning, come Sunday morning. You'll enjoy that too because it, yeah. you know, it's it's the same. You know, it's yeah. the same. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, no, that's that's a point of pride for us is that you know, <clears throat> the the overlap that we have between the people on a Monday and the people on a Sunday is that you're you're not going to see a, a markedly different crowd. I mean, actually, I would probably say it's a minority of people that show up on our Mondays that we don't see on a Sunday. Yeah. You know, in that the people that serve on a Monday serve on a Sunday. I mean, it's the same people. And, um, and that's, that's healthy. I mean, that's healthy for recovery for people who are struggling and people who, you know, have felt outcast or felt discarded or struggled with finding, you know, a loving relationship from, you know, like just that they're valued and that um, that's good that they can, they can come interchangeably to those two different programs, right? These two, you know, so to speak, and, and experience belonging whereas when we're talking about before that a lot of recovery ministries like i said they're well you know that's around back you know and that you know those people don't we don't they don't create a welcoming you know culture for them on a sunday you know and there's almost that expectation of like well you know you go through this thing first and then you know get things sorted out and then you know there'll be a pew for you on a on a sunday and like that's not what we're supposed to be about and um that's not healthy and that's not healthy not only is it not healthy for those people who again are just trying to find some belonging and and to to get back to some sort of no normalcy it's not good for a body of believers to sit there and, and castigate a, a group of people because they do things differently or maybe they struggled worse than they have or you know the hand they were dealt in life is a little bit rougher than what they've got that's not what we're called to do um and that's just to, to completely antithetical to what it means to be a christian and so um yeah that's uh, you know, we're, we're, we're going to see whatever kind of recovery program you're running is that that those things become interchangeable in the church. You yeah. know, it becomes this is a ministry of our church, not a different church, not a separate event. They're just renting the space. You know, this is this is who we are. Yeah. This is all aspects of who we are. This is who we minister to. So, falling off the heels of that one, seeing how this will probably be the only episode of our podcast that you share with people, what would be your say? Uh, <laughs> 
What would be your, your sales pitch to all your, your pastor's friends about why they should have a recovery program? Well, you know, first of all, I'd tell them if you're going to be like you around it, get rid of the guy first, you know. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, again, I think it just goes back to it, it really is, um, it, it helps set the tone for the culture of who we are. And, um, and you know, and, I, and I, I'm just telling you that, you know, there's a few things sometimes that, that limit pastors in this area. One is, is that do you have somebody that can lead it? And, and um, you know, we've been very fortunate, you know, I, I know before um, Aaron was leading, you know, Caleb, you were, and I mean, you had a passion for it. And, and um, I appreciate, you know, you're kind of like me, you didn't come from a, from a background with addiction, but you were aware that there was stuff that you still struggled with. Mm. So it wasn't like, hey, I'm coming in here and, and I'm, I'm really good and I'm helping all these broken people. No, no, I'm coming here, I got my stuff too, you know, and so I think sometimes that you know, if you just have that awareness that, that there are people probably in your church that have a vision for that and be willing to start with what you have. You know, we yeah. we started, you know, I mean, we, 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 you know, we've had seasons, you know, several years ago where, you know, we just had a lot of people showing up and then we went through a season where it wasn't as many. And, and in the last year, man, it's just really kind of exploded. You guys have just done such a great job, you know, the both of you with your wives have done such a great job of just, um, you know, just kind of creating a culture and atmosphere here that fits with us as a church. It feels like us. It is who we are. And so I would say to a pastor, you know, find that person, first of all, that, that gets who you are as a church. And then, you know, just, you know, communicate to them up front. Hey, look, we don't want two congregations. I'm looking for two different churches. This is a part of, this is, a, it's not a ministry at Cedar Point. It's a ministry of Cedar Point. And those are two different things. It's not a ministry that takes place here. This is Cedar Point's ministry, you know, and so, so just that creates a real peace in me. We're going the same direction, and so those would be some things I would say to any um, to any pastor that's hesitant on that, you know. And and let's be honest, and and you know, because our church is so not this way. My hope is is that the majority of churches aren't this way, but I, I can't speak for the majority of churches. There may be a fear sometimes of making church people uncomfortable, mm -hmm. you know. And I'm like, good. Do mm -hmm. it, you know. I mean, don't let that be a hesitation. Make them uncomfortable. I've said this before. Hey, man, if we're not being criticized for who we love, we're not doing it right. You know, I mean, it's it's got to be one of those things that you know. We're, as a church, we're going to be the church sometimes that's too merciful. We're going to be the church sometimes that went too long with somebody. We're going to be the church one time. You know, at times they gave too many chances. We're going to be the church sometimes that people are coming in and you know some of the people that were kind of you know brought up in church maybe like the pharisees would feel uncomfortable like why do you guys do church i, I know there have been times people have said you know now we don't go you know some, i remember somebody was telling me that somebody had said to their kid like you now you go to cedar point right yeah you go there no no we go to a real church we go to so-and-so and so, -and -so. I'm like <laughs> I, you know well when, how do i get to become a real church i'm like yeah. okay i want to be real well, I'll be a real church you know so um so that would be the things i'd say to them yeah. Yeah. I think if it's done right too, what I've seen over the last couple of years um, is, you know, we've tried to cultivate these people coming on the from the outside. This has been a door, um, not not the back door. It's like a, a second front door here in, into the the culture, into the congregation. Where I've had people come to me and say, you know, I, I invited so and so to Sunday. They just they had you know these hurts, these wounds, this impression of the church. They weren't willing to go. I invited in recovery. They came. Now they come on Sunday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, so it becomes a doorway into the church. Not only that, um, over the last uh, couple of years, I mean, I've seen an influx of people who entered the church in recovery 
who have a heart and a passion for Jesus, a heart and a passion for this place, because it's not two separate things. And so that's been cultivated into them from the beginning. They sit, they sit front and center on, on a Sunday morning. And serve. And serve. Yeah. They're, they're some of the loudest people in here, which makes some people uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but I mean, think about that. These are broken people who had addictions, who felt far from God, who felt unworthy, um, um, that they couldn't be forgiven. They had all these misconceptions, and, and other places would have continued to um, keep that going in their lives, but, but now they found their, themselves in the, the front row, not the back, not in the dark corner, not hiding, not walking in shame, but, but head up, pursuing a God because they've recognized these, that he can do these things in their life, and they've pursued it. And then some of our most valuable people that serve on a Sunday in, in ministries, in children's ministry here, came from these broken places, and they've allowed Jesus to redeem them. They're invaluable in what we do on, on a day-to-day -day basis here because, again, that this ministry was created in, in such a way that it was, from the very beginning, meant to be an intentional doorway um, into, into our church, into our culture, but into the, the family of God. And as, as more and more time goes on, I think you know we'll have more and more of these stories where rather than being something that, that made people uncomfortable, I mean, it, it helps set the tone for what we're doing. It helps feed into every aspect of ministry here. Um, and there's there's real fruit from it. Um, and there, there was a heavy investment up front, you know, financial time. I mean, there, there was risk, I, I would say, involved as you had to trust me and Caleb with something. I mean, the, just the risk factor with that alone is substantial. But mm -hmm. um, this something's <clears throat> oh, taken <yeah>. place <laughs> <laughs> over time where... Um, I, I couldn't. I couldn't imagine if we didn't have some of these people in place now. Well, I think you know, one story I think about is several years ago there was a guy. He was he was living out of his car, and one of his friends came to us, and we ended up helping him. You know, and and some you know a lot of times we you know we help people because that's who we are. You know, it's yeah. just who we are as a church. We're relentlessly good. That's who God's called us to be. And you know, and, and the Lord dealt with me. He said like if you'll if you'll love people, nobody's waiting in line to reach. He said I'll, I'll help you reach them. And so um, and so we we just did something for this individual, not thinking anything about it. Well. Several months later, they started coming to recovery. They started getting on the road to recovery, and then eventually they they transitioned where they you know they eventually you know uh, got got an income, and then they started coming to church on Sunday morning. They sit on the front row of church. They're there every Sunday. Now they serve in our kids ministry. In a couple of weeks, we're doing our church picnic, and one of the kids in the kids ministry wants this guy, who by the way was abandoned or pretty much you know <clears throat> abandoned by his family as a child. They want this guy to baptize. He wants. He wants this guy to baptize him. This, hmm. this kid wants this guy yeah. to baptize him. Yeah. I mean, and that's the family wants that. Yeah, the family yeah. wants that. Yeah, it's, it's like not just this this child, but right. the family. Yeah, and he's had such an impact. If you think about where his story was, that began in his childhood, right? I mean, I know you're more familiar with it, was, yeah. you know, as that goes. But I mean, here's a real picture of redemption. Here's a real picture of, of God's grace. One of the things we say around here is that we're trophies of God's grace. You know that that uh, you know that whenever people look at us, it's just a reminder of the grace of God. And is there a better picture of, of what the church should be than yeah. that? I mean, yeah. Just uh, just such a full circle story. Right. Man. Well, you know, and that's the thing, too, if, continuing on this kind of, if we're speaking to that audience of pastors as far as like how, you know, why you should have a recovery program. And that's that's one thing to because you're going to see these kinds of transformations in a recovery program if you're running, running a good one and that, you know, that you... And, and that's going to give you so much more conviction as far as like just as fellow believers to see Jesus work in people's lives like that. Because, you know, again, if you're growing up like me, you know, I grew up in a two-parent home that my parents loved each other, still married. And, you know, and I mean, we were poor and all that kind of stuff. But like, you know, really uh, nothing to I'm not 
you know, trying to be like, what was me? And there's nothing like that. So, you know, my, my trans transformation from, you know, when I became a Christian to, to how I am now is no, nothing near as stark as what, what we were talking about. And, and those stories are the ones that really... Not externally. Like, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. exactly. I mean, you know, the grace is, is the same, but um, the transformation, yeah, exter externally is not as dramatic. And, but, um, but those stories that we get to share, you know, just provide so much more conviction and, and just this you know, strengthen your faith as far as like, man, look what Jesus did in this person's life. And so as a pastor, why wouldn't you want that yeah. <laughs> in your church, you know? And then the other thing I would say from, from leading our old program and then in, into this new one as a pastor, nothing, nothing grows you as a leader, like a recovery program, <laughs> because that's a tough, that's a tough group of people to, to, to lead. Um, and, you know, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just like, I've been in ministry in some capacities, a lot of worship ministry, that kind of thing, for since I was a teenager. That was, that was a while ago, and I've grown more in the past, you know, six, seven years, however long I've been doing just this than I did in the first twenty. Um, that's funny because <clears throat> pastoring you has grown me. That's good. I'm you glad. Know, I'm, I'm just, glad I could be there for you. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but you know the, the things you deal with, and and better leaders make you more effective as a, as a church, and that's what we're supposed to be: is an effective body for Christ, uh, reaching more people, um, you know, if you're telling yourself, well, we're good, you know, well, we don't need to gain more people like you're lying to yourself. You're just trying to get out of the work. You know, I yeah. mean, like that, that should be a reflection of us growing and, and reaching people as our numbers should increase. And we should see that growth in, um, you know, good, strong leadership makes you do that. And, you know, so this is a great way to cultivate that not only out of the people who were living in a car a few years ago to now they're leading, um, because of the transformations happened in, in, in their life, but your other leaders that have, are involved get to experience, you know, situations that are going to grow them. I guess would be a good way to put it. Um, so that that's an advantage to that. <clears throat> so I'm going to finish up with this one, this last question here. And now I will say, I will preface this. I've, I've been dogging on you, but I'm not going to. This is not a dog on you question. So Aaron and I. You know, we 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 do the the end of the day in and day out and all this stuff. So after COVID, we we broke away from Celebrate Recovery, and um, I came to you with this crazy idea that we should just do our own thing. And so, um, what were you thinking? No, I'm just kidding. That's not my question. But um, so since we've made that change, like I said, now now for for our, our tens of listeners, Pastor Rick isn't involved on the the ins and outs every day with everything. Uh, but just from as an outsider. What have been the advantages that we've seen since we've switched over? Well, you know, and I think we would all agree with this. That, man, Celebrate Recovery, it is a it's a great program. It's you know, There's no telling how many lives have been transformed right. as a result of it. And, and that's really where we began. But we really did reach a point where because of who we are as a church and where we were at, that that we needed to kind of have our own thing. You know, that, and, and this is not a criticism because I think, you know, I understand why they're that way. That you know, if you become a part of Celebrate Recovery, there's a certain way you do things mm -hmm. or certain access you have certain way you share things, certain things you can't share, and, and all sorts of things like that. And they have a reason for doing that that works for them, you know. But but for us, with the culture of who we are as a church and, and being in Oklahoma and that type of thing, we just decided, you know, that, you know, I appreciate what they're doing, but, but really, you know, there's just some things that we can or can't do that don't fit who we are best. And so for us, we needed to do something that was, that, that fit us culturally better and gave us access and really, you know, kind of control so that it fit the vision of who we were as a church. I think one of the reasons why maybe we struggled 
at times felt like two separate congregations is because sometimes the way that things were done and the direction they went and stuff, it, for us it felt like two different churches, right. you know. And then to be able to say, you know, that, that this is, it's, it's a, you know, we're at a place where this is our ministry. It's, it's you know, it's a part of Cedar Point Church. And, and if, if it was completely ours, this is what we would do. And in time, there began to be too many of those things to ignore, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so, so again, it wasn't one of those things like, this is a horrible ministry. It's not. It's a great ministry. Celebrate Recovery is a great ministry. But for where we were culturally, where we at and what our vision was, was that it became one of those things that what we developed, I mean, it, it, it's, it's us. It's who, it's who we are. And so I would say that was the biggest thing in all of that. And I think, you know, part of the challenge is, is because, and again, this is a tribute to Celebrate Recovery, that... You know, over and over again, I tell people like, no, 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 we're not a celebrate recovery. Yeah. We're you know, Cedar Point recovery. We have our own recovery <laughs> yes. ministry, and and uh, you know, and so that's there's like two things that we have to emphasize, you know, with that, and that's one of them. It is definitely hard to break away from that name. <laughs> that's right. But you know, to be fair, the part of the pro- part of that is that there is, I mean, um, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah. You know, if you're running a recovery, a Christian re- recovery program, it's celebrate recovery because that was one thing we looked into after we made that decision to move away from them. It was like, well, what else is out there? And that was yeah. part of us doing our own. Right in the book was that it was like, well, there's really not, not much out there. There was like one website where this the person claimed to be like the, one of the biggest and they had like five groups around yeah. Texas or something. I was like, no, you're lying. That's right. You know, it's like, I can't, I can't sign up with you if you're going to just we're lie. We're using a different scoreboard than you are. Yeah. It yeah. It's like, we're the biggest recovery ministry in my church. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it's so, and that's funny too. Like we've had, you know, we're always pumping you know, hey, we want you to to, to give us high ratings because it's good for the, the algorithm and we're, you know, we're trying to spread this message and we're always like, we're, we're just doing it to spread this message. It's not like we're going to get wealthy you know, because right. the Christian recovery niche is not huge. It's not like <laughs> fitness, makeup tutorials, Christian recovery, you know, yes. that's like, <laughs> like as far as number of listeners. So yeah, I mean, Celebrate Recovery is the kind of the only game in town. And so, yeah, when you do switch and we do just people... But we're, we are a completely separate program in that we do allow for that flexibility for our church. Our church and any other church that does what we do, it allows you to be kind of who you are yeah, because think, there's a brand, such a brand to that. Yeah, I think one of the advantages we have, um, if you know, if somebody hears what we're doing, they say, you know, we want to we learn how you guys do it, that, that we're in a place, we're in a different place because we can give you material but you have a little bit more liberty in how you implement it and what right. you do with it right now. So it is one of those things that you know, if you're thinking about recovery, man, contact these guys. They'll help you. I mean, you know, we'll do what we need. We believe in this so much that whatever we can do within our own resources to invest in you and help you get it started, we're going to do that. And so it's a big part of who we are and a big part of what we do. And, you know, it just goes in coincidence being we're in January having a recovery roundtable. We're going to talk right. about running a recovery ministry. And that doesn't mean our ministry. I mean, we're going to talk about the things that we've done to help um, – you know, to grow our ministry, because we did, we've gone from, um, you know, well, we had 20 coming after we started to reconvene after COVID, and we've, we're over 200 and I was actually now. looking at numbers yesterday. Two years ago, we were at 60. Yeah. A year ago, we were at 117. Mm-hmm. And this past week, we had 231. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We've been averaging over 220, I think, since June. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we are going to, so if you're in the area in, um, June or January 26th, January 
20th. You know, I should know this, and you I should. don't. I should know um, it, too, 20th, but I don't. 20th. Yeah, that's oh, okay. right. January 20th. <clears throat> January 20th. We're doing a recovery roundtable. We're going to talk about, you know, just from, like, like I'm going to talk about from a kind of administrative standpoint, like, you know, developing leaders and running how we run a, a recovery ministry. Because we, we experience growth even with, or you know, doing Celebrate Recovery. It's not just what we've done after breaking free from that. You know, I'm not going to take all the credit with doing the new program, but... Um, you know, we, we were able to develop a, a pretty good program prior to changing. And, and it's the same principles about how we ran it um, that we're going to share. But then we'll also talk about, you know, some other things as far as, you know, what we are doing now. So you can kind of understand that. And if that's something that, you know, as a pastor somewhere else that you want to get involved in, then um, we'll help you do that. But Absolutely. So I have one last question. It's not on here. Um, but, you know, what, what would you say to somebody who... Um, who's kind of starting this recovery journey, you know, as from pastor outside the ministry, you know, you have a loud voice, a different voice, um, you know, you can almost represent a voice to some people that may have wounded them at one point. Um, yeah. So those people that are like, I want to get different, I don't think the church can be there for me or whatever, you know, what, what is this something you would say? Well, you know, here, here's the, th that's a great question. And, um, and so, first of all, if you're somebody that's been wounded by the church or hurt by the church and, uh, you know, First of all, if it's this one, man, I, I want to tell you, I am, I am so sorry. You know, um, you know, like we said earlier, that you know, all of us have our broken places, and for some people it's addiction, some people it's not addiction. Some, you know, there's other things that we struggle with. And I know there have been times, man, where people have run into my broken places, and you know, and it's left a wound. And man, if it's me, I'm sorry, but maybe it's not me. Maybe it's another church. Maybe it's another pastor. And and I'm sure if they knew. But even if they don't, I, I'm just, I want to apologize on their behalf. You know, it's, um, you know, th this community was put together by a recognition that we're broken. You know, I mean, it's, that that's what drew us to Jesus was this recognition that, that we can't do this on our own, that we need him. And so that we look at our own life and it's a mess and there's secrets and there's things that we deal with that, that without him, that, you know, that those things control us. And so if that's gotten in your way, then, I just want to encourage you just, you know, to a couple of things. One is, is that to, you know, to ask God to help you forgive whoever's hurt you or wounded you. But then second of all, to just kind of adjust your expectations and know that when you walk in a church door, that the people in that church haven't been bussed in from another state. There are people in your community that you deal with on a daily basis and they got their stuff too. And just, just go in there with knowing that. And when you run into those issues, let it be a reminder that, that's the area in their life that they need Jesus the most. Just like you have areas in your life that you need Jesus the most. Same with me. And so I would say don't let that stand in the way of, of recovery and your story changing and becoming the person that you want to be. And then also know this, that, that you know, I think the challenge that we make is that we think change is an event. And as opposed to that it's not an event, it's, it's involved in a process. It's involved in committing to community and and to just making application of things in our life on a regular basis. You know, um, I, uh, you know this morning before I got here, I, I went on a, a walk uh, with my daughter. And, um, you know, I wish it was like this. I wish that after the walk I'd get on the scales and I've lost 20 pounds. I wish it was just so that way. But I actually, have, uh, being me, I did do a walk. And then after the walk, I did weigh. And I was very disappointed that I did not lose 20 pounds from the time <laughs> that I walked went until now. We get that, right? And I mean, but the truth matters, that's the way change is again in our life. And so... So, you know, most people, like, you, if you're listening to this, you probably know the areas that you mess up in. 
You probably know the areas that, that you've hurt people in, disappointed people in, disappointed yourself in, areas that created shame. I mean, they're not a secret to you or a mystery to you. And you've done the things you know how to do, and they're probably things that even you hide because you feel bad. Not just for what it's done to you, but it's hurt other people. And so having known all that, if you could have done this on your own, you'd have fixed it. Because you're not a bad person. You're not a person that's indifferent to that. You're not a person that doesn't care about it. You just come to the conclusion, I can't do this. And you know what? You're right. You're right, you can't. You can't do it without Jesus, and you can't do it without the community of Jesus followers that he wants to place in your life that are just like you. They mess up, they make mistakes. And I love the story one time of a guy that would walk by this monastery every day, and you know, and he had, his life was hard, and he thought, I wonder what it's like in there. What would it be like to be in there? And one day, as he's walking by, a monk had stepped outside of the wall, and he couldn't resist, he asked him, he said, what's it like in there? And the monk said to him, he said, just like it is out here. He said, we fall down, we get up. In other words, he's letting him know that no matter what walls you hide behind, no matter where you place yourself, we have the same struggles, same challenges. And so I would encourage you, you know, for those of you that have been listening and you're like, and almost you've kind of just given up or surrendered to, I guess it's kind of always going to be. That's a lie. It's not. That it begins with giving your life to Jesus and then you get connected with the community of believers. They're going to walk with you through this. And I think recovery is a great place to do that. So that's what I'd say. That's great. Um... Well, that wraps it up for today. Um, we're just grateful that you uh, took the time this morning just to, to be on here with us, Pastor Rick. I'm grateful. I know Caleb is too for just the heart that you have uh, for the local church um, and even more specifically for recovery just in the body of Christ and in the communities and just the investment you've made. Um, since day one um so thank you for that and again thank you guys for just being with us for connecting with us we want to remind you check us out on our social media facebook instagram youtube like share again there's a message here that we believe god's given us overall we want to help get that into uh, your community into your church into your life uh, so you can begin this journey so you can help other people to journey um um, and again, uh, check out Kayla's book, Pursuing Freedom. I also want to say that uh, Pastor Rick has a book as well, um, Heartworks, um, which you should get your copy of as well. You can reach out to the church for that. Um, you can reach out at the church office, 918-283-2221. You can email us at info at cedarpoint.church. But we love you guys. We're grateful for you. And we'll see you right back here next week.